From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. Today we are talking about the Abrahamic Covenant here on The Revealing. Uh, we wanted to give you just a uh, uh, warning up front or a disclaimer, um, this uh, Abrahamic covenant discussion we're about to embark upon uh, is going to take us into the next couple at minimum episodes. Uh, we are looking at possibly a mini series in a series here as we track through these uh, biblical covenants as we've been doing over the last uh, few weeks now. Um, but we have found ourselves uh, in uh, Genesis chapter 12. Uh, if you are listening with us, um, we first thank you for that and welcome you back um, and also encourage you to grab a Bible. Uh, maybe a pen and paper, um, and uh, just we're going to be comparing scripture with scripture, friends. We're going to uh, be looking at some extremely, extremely important uh, realities and implications of this Abrahamic covenant, and uh, we want to make sure that you are able to uh, get all that you can. Uh, so um, we just pause at this moment. Go ahead and grab that stuff if you haven't already, uh, or if you're just kind of driving down the road. Don't grab that stuff and just kind of listen, but uh, we want to make sure that you're able to glean from these things um, as the Lord um, uh, leads us and, and leads you in his word. Uh, but uh, we were talking earlier, the three of us around the table. Uh, my name is Robert Engel, by the way. I'm here with Chris Wing and, and Frank Salvaggio, and uh, we were just talking a little bit ago about um, this Abrahamic covenant and the importance of it and and what it means and what it doesn't mean and all that. So uh, we're going to um, get there. And just in just a moment, uh, but want to welcome welcome my good friends and brothers Frank and Chris to the to the show once again. Good to see you all. How are you doing? I'm doing well, brother. How are you? Mm-hmm. Good, brother. Doing that good. I deserve. Yeah, doing good. Thank you. Amen. All right. Uh, so um, we are going to be. Um, I'm just going to kick us off here. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 12. If you haven't uh, figured that out already, uh, we are going to uh, start there uh, because that is uh, the. Um, Essentially, the, the call uh, of the Lord on on Abraham and the, the promise, uh, the covenant, as it were, uh, that we see there in Genesis chapter twelve, that the Lord establishes uh, with uh, his his servant Abraham. And uh, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, uh, we'll see fairly quickly um, that this is not a conditional covenant. Uh, this is definitely an unconditional covenant, uh, meaning that um, the Lord, uh, in in His strength, in, in His power, in His grace, in His faithfulness, uh, will uh, and has um, maintained, uh, continued, and uh, will fulfill this covenant regardless of what happens, regardless of man. Um, this will be done um, in its entirety, in its fullness. Um, and there are some... Um, physical and spiritual applications here that we're really going to get into. So I hope you're ready, uh, but let's get there. Genesis chapter 12. Um, guys, what do you think? The first four verses, am I remembering that correctly? Um, you mean to kick us off reading those? I'll say the first or, four verses and then verse seven. And then verse seven. All right. So uh, if you're listening there with us, we're reading Genesis chapter 12, verses one through four, and then we're going to skip down to verse seven. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Now, this is, of course, before he was Abraham. Uh, He is Abram at this time. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. 
and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And then down in verse 7 we read this. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And so as I said earlier, uh, there are so many um, realities, truths, and implications um, in light of these verses that we are seeing and living to this very day. I mean, if you're following current events uh, at the time of the airing of this episode, um, even our um, United States government, our, our president, uh, has recently established uh, what, what has been called the Abraham Accord, if I'm not mistaken, um, initiating or trying to reinitiate anyway um, um, peace between Israel and, and select uh, various uh, Middle East countries. Um, so we're, we're seeing these things, and this nothing new, by the way. Um, that's been going on for quite some time, but we're, we're seeing some things that um, are, are very, uh, very indicative of, of um, prophecy and. Um, getting us to that point to where we're going to see uh, more and more of that happening. So um, anyways, let, let's um, let, let's get into this, guys. Um, so we know there's a physical and a spiritual uh, promise here. It's an unconditional covenant. Uh, but let, let's start unpacking this. Uh, Pastor Frank, let's, uh, let's start with you and uh, maybe just let me uh, pick your brain here and... Um, you know, how would you how how would you explain this uh, to someone who maybe doesn't know anything about it, uh, who um, who isn't very familiar with it? Maybe they think, um, and we'll get into this, but maybe they think um, the church is a recipient of those promises. You know, all those things. But let's start, start unpacking that and kind of you know see where it goes from there. Sure. <clears throat> so let's be reminded mm-hmm. that what has brought us to this covenant was a failure of the previous covenant. Yeah, um, and when we say a failure, uh, not by God's standard. I mean, God doesn't fail. All right. uh, it's man's. Yeah, this is what brings about the new always quote unquote um, covenant slash dispensation. Mm. Um, so, what was the failure? Well, in the old in in the Noahic covenant, mm-hmm. right? Um, the, uh, the the what God had told Noah and his boys to do was to go and uh, replenish the earth. Right. Uh, interestingly enough, that that same word replenish mm-hmm. is the same word you find in Genesis one twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so have fun with that, if you will. Uh, anyways, um, did they? Uh, well, they did, but something happened before they did. Mm. Uh, you know, God wanted man uh, to establish human government. Um, you know, God had put a conscience in in Adam after the fall, so that he could discern now. Uh, because he now had the knowledge of good and evil, yeah. he had to have the ability to discern it. Sure. And so God had given Adam that uh, ability to do so. And what we find in Genesis 6 is that man took that discernment and only did continue evil always. Mm. And their imaginations, it says, was was always on evil. And we talked about what happened during that time. Uh, and uh, certainly, I'm sure, 
uh, uh, Satan and his cohorts played a huge role on the deception of, of man mm-hmm. uh, during that time. Uh, but regardless, man wasn't able to cover, wasn't able to um, uh, uh, govern himself. govern themselves, which led to the covenant that God makes with Noah uh, after the flood, uh, which is human government, as we talked about in in Genesis nine. Well, when God told them to go and replenish the earth and be multiply and fruitful and spread out, what they did, we learn in Genesis uh, ten and Genesis eleven, is actually what they did is they traveled east into the plain of Shinar, uh, which is uh, important for prophecy reasons. Mm. Uh, but that's a, I suppose, a different conversation. Uh, and they established uh, in a place called Babel mm-hmm. uh, this uh, this uh, um, tower. Uh, so that they could reach to God and, and, and you know, become, uh, you know, be their own people. Mm. They established a one-world government. They established mm-hmm. a one-world religion and a one-world economy. They didn't, they didn't do what God told them to do. And matter of fact, not only did they not do what God told them to do, but now as a people, they all came together and started building this tower mm. to put their fist in the hands, you know, in, in, in the face of God. Mm. And so what God does is he, he says, let us come down. Notice, let us come down. I think that's interesting. That's a little trinity, nice little trinity there. there. Uh, but he says, let us come down and let's confound their language and let's and let's force them to spread. Mm. Uh, and so that's obviously what they did. Okay, so, you know, all right. So, so you know, does, does God still expect us to uh, be governed by our conscience? Yes. Mm. Does God still expect us to be governed by human government? Yes. None of that is to change. Those things keep keep passing down through each dispensation, uh, dispensation yeah. if you will. Right. Okay, but but as each dispensation shows man's failure, God is instituting a new. Uh, so before we even get to the Abrahamic covenant, really mm. what we have to establish is, okay, what is it that God's trying to do? Because for us to really grab onto all the implications of what this Abrahamic covenant is going to ultimately um, unfold, we have to understand what is God's plan. What what is it He's trying to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that um, for our Thursday night uh, study that we do at our church, which Pastor Robert is doing on church history right now, uh, and listen, man, can I just say this? Uh, this is a this is a a plug for Robert right now, <laughs> but but Time can I just say this? The ego. <laughs> it, 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 number one, before I before I boost the ego of Robert. Um, number one, um, if, if you want to understand Christianity at its core, and really have an understanding of all of its ins and outs, I, I would say, man, you better make sure you have an understanding of church history. Because if you don't, you're going to miss things. You're not going to understand how we got to where we got. You're not going to understand how the devil has always countered God. God's always moving. The devil's always counter-moving. And you're going to start calling things Christian. You're going to start calling things of God. You're going to start calling things, all that stuff. When the fact of the matter is, it's not Mm. of big G God. It's of little G God who's trying to counterfeit, confound, 
and and and, and it's just mm-hmm. church history is a, a a very important subject. Yeah. And, and Robert, you've been doing a great job on Thursday nights uh, uh, explaining uh, this church history to us. And so, man, I would I would if you're listening right now and you you don't really have a good grasp on church history, man, I would I would say, hey, man, we have all our uh, 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 videos uh, up on our website. Uh, one Baptist Jacks out world mm-hmm. uh, go on there man and, and start start listening to these uh, these uh, 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 sermons that we that, that Robert did on these uh, this exact subject and I think it will be a huge help to you I honestly do because um, I really don't think we can really understand the Christian position if we don't understand church history I mean God makes it clear agree that which has been shall be I also think know- that understanding church history from a, a, a true biblical perspective, makes it possible for us to even understand history properly overall. Sure. sure. I mean, we call it church history, but this is how we learn actual proper history, period, because it's his story. So, yeah, yeah, Robert, you definitely Mm. are doing an amazing job, Pastor. Thank you. Yeah. And I think really the last thing I'll say to that is, you know, just because something calls itself Christian doesn't mean it is. And we need to be very careful with that. That's huge. And we need yeah. to make sure yeah. that we understand what Satan's doing and, and how he has integrated himself into the church. That's what he's done. Um, he's uh, he's infiltrated the church. There's mm. no doubt about it. And yeah. If you don't understand church history, you're not going to understand that. And it's, you're, there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to be confused about. Um, but I said all that to say, um, one of the things that I think is, is uh, important uh, in, 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 in understanding and what you, what you constantly say is, you know, God's always moving. God's always moving us in a direction. He, his plan is all, has been established before the foundation of the earth. Okay. So he's moving in a direction, but every time God moves, you've got to notice when Satan counter moves and you're going to see that all through every dispensation that we've talked about. There's been a counter move. Yeah. By Satan. Right. So don't miss that. Okay, what was the counter move when Adam and Eve were in the age of innocence? Well, Satan yeah. questions God's right word. Right there in Genesis okay, 3. Right? God then denounces uh, uh, a, a unbelievable passage in Genesis 3.15, the yeah. first prophetic passage, okay, saying that there's going to be enmity between God's, uh, 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 the woman's seed, which is ultimately, obviously, is going to be Jesus Christ and, and Satan's seed. Mm-hmm. There's going to be this enmity, this war that's going to be going on all through the ages because they're, they're fighting over something. That started the chess game right there. Right, and they're fighting over something. And, and we have to understand what they're fighting over. What was it that Satan wanted? To be Satan. like God. He wanted to be like God. He wanted God's throne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This battle is all about a throne. Mm-hmm. And he who gets the, th- the throne mm-hmm. gets the glory. That's right. Okay, so so this has been a battle that's been raging, uh, and, and, and you see this battle unfold through these dispensations. Now, mm-hmm. the reason why we're going to stop here at Genesis, uh, or I mean at uh, the Abrahamic Covenant, and, and really dig into it is because man <laughs> did the battle start to take off if the battle hadn't already been established by the time you get to this covenant it just goes into all kinds of directions that uh, if we fail to grasp what's really going on here uh, you're going to fall into a lot of uh, quote-unquote false Mm. uh, teachings and false ideas and so that's why i I just want to make sure that we kind of grasp you know hey when god wanted man to spread out, and they didn't. What happened in that uh, um, plain, in the land of Shinar, Babel? 
Okay, there was a city that was built there right. called Babel. Was a false religion that was established by Satan that has passed down through mm-hmm. all the ages since then, mm-hmm. and th- and ultimately you're going to see that through the seven headed dragon mm. in Revelation uh, chapter number twelve, and so not understanding that and and under and here's the thing, okay? So why do I care, why do I want to care about what happened back in Babel? Well, because what Satan has so masterfully done is he's intricated. He's intri- he's intricated that system. Am I saying it right? I don't infiltrated. No, like oh, put it together. Put it together. Mm-hmm. Like he has taken that system mm. and he has crossed it with Christianity mm-hmm. to make it look Christian. When really it's just Babylon, and that's why you know that's why one of the mysteries that we're going to be held accountable for. <laughs> is mystery Babylon <laughs> right? We have seven mysteries we're going to be held accountable for. First Corinthians four. Well, that's the other thing about the, these dis, these uh, covenants and dispensations. They do have to do with the seven, oh, seven New Testament mysteries. You absolutely, know, mystery Babylon, the restoration of Israel. I mean, that's involved in the Abrahamic. I mean, that absolutely. whole thing as well. So there's a reason why God yeah. is going to hold us Christians accountable to these things because. Failing to understand them and failing to have a biblical mindset behind them is going to fall, you're going to fall into yeah. uh, false teachings. And the false teachings you're going to fall into aren't just small ones. Mm-hmm. We're talking about big stuff now. We're talking about eternal security. Right. We're talking about the church replacing Israel. We're talking about all the, 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 the Babylonian uh, uh, religious things that we're doing in the name of Christianity and we don't even mm-hmm. realize it. Yeah. There's so many things that are going on today that we are blinded to because we just tag Jesus's name on it. Mm. Well, you know, Paul says, if, if anybody come preaching another Jesus mm-hmm. or if you receive another spirit or if another gospel is being preached, mm-hmm. let them be what? Accursed. So, so Paul obviously is making a big deal about this, sure. but I don't think the church is making a big deal about this today. We just think... Oh yeah, we all love Jesus. You love Jesus. I love Jesus. Well, yeah. your Jesus might be different than my Jesus, but <laughs> we love Jesus. Well, time out. Yeah, let's put aside our our pet doctrines or denominational differences and just go for the lowest common denominator here. Yeah. in the sake of unity and yes. And, and so, going back to this Abrahamic covenant, this is a big deal. Mm. And I, I, you know, I wanted to make sure. Yes, yeah, we're taking we're taking some time to to make that point. Rightfully, but we so. need yeah. to make that point. Um, because it really is a big deal. So, okay, so what's been going on? God uh, is moving us in a direction. Ultimately, his ultimate purpose, hands down, listen, if you're going to understand the Bible at its most basic, fundamental principle, it's God working to put his son on the throne. That, there you go. That That's it. Satan tried to usurp it. God is working to put put his son back on the throne. Okay, both 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 physically and in all of his glory. Mm. And when I say of all of his glory, it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost all back together again in its glory, sitting on that throne for all of eternity. That's how this is going to wrap up. That's the way it was prior to Satan's rebellion. That's the way it's going to be after God takes care of it all. 
and when we move into eternity future. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. And I think understanding the, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, oh, yeah. it, with, with that, what you just said, is so important. Oh, well, that has because everything to do with the Abrahamic covenant. Yeah, yeah, it does. It the does. physical and the spiritual right. components there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, again, so, so, so you see why important this one's important? That's yeah. why, you know, I said we're going to have to spend some time on this one for sure. Okay, so with that being said, when Adam was created, he was told by God, that he needed to replenish the earth. And so what we need to understand is what was it that he was told to replenish the earth? What was it he was replenishing? Mm. Okay. So obviously there is no pre-Adamic race. You know, we're not going to sit there and say that there were human beings on planet earth prior to Adam because nobody died prior to Adam. So that would be a, uh, a false uh, interpretation of, uh, or, or interjection of something. So we know that that's not true. So what was it that Adam was to replenish the earth with? Well, going back to Ezekiel 28, going back to Isaiah 14, uh, what we learn, uh, going back to Job 38, we've talked about this, so we're just going to lightly hit on it, but I want to make sure we get this in our heads because it's going to help us understand what's going on in this Abrahamic covenant. What we learned is, is that uh, Lucifer was the anointed cherub who had a throne on the very soil of the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. on that original earth, mm-hmm. okay? And he was in charge of, uh, you know, uh, being the quote-unquote king. He was in charge of being the prophet. He was not pronouncing future events. That's not necessarily what a prophet is in the Bible. It can be. But but if he is pronouncing something in the future of the Bible, it's because he's pronouncing God's word, mm. okay? God's the one that pronounces the future. So, Satan, uh, Lucifer was his name at that time. He was the one that was the, uh, quote unquote prophet because mm. he was the anointed. That word anointed mm-hmm. is the same word in the new Testament used as Christ. Okay. So he held the three offices that Christ n- now holds, if you will. Um, and, 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 and then of course, uh, it was, it was prophet King and priest. He's the one that led the praise and, and the worship and what would happen is, as the worshipers would fall down and give their glory to God and their praise, what would happen is that beautiful shine that came off of God, that glory would reflect off of Lucifer and all of his beautiful jewels, and it would shoot out throughout the hall of the universe and, and, and put his glory on display. What was it about? It was about his glory being put on display. Mm. Okay. Okay. And so um, Satan obviously decided he wanted that. That's what led him to the fall. Okay. What was it that Satan was leading? He was leading sons of God. Mm-hmm. And so when Adam was made, his functionality, if you will, his creation was made as a son of God. That would be a... Uh, 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 Luke three thirty eight, if my memory serves me right. Yes. Okay. He was he was created as a son of God. Yeah. Okay. So what did Adam? What was Adam supposed to do? He was supposed to reproduce more sons of God. Now, was he supposed to do that physically or spiritually? They were supposed to physically. Him physically. And Adam, physically. Hence, and, and, now he couldn't do it alone. Right. Hence, he needed a help me. <laughs> so God, God gives him. A, a womb, woman, womb a man. womb man, yeah, right. So that he, so now the woman could be his helpmeet in his mission, and it, what was his mission? Replenishing. To create 
sons of God. Yep. The, and what were and what were the sons of God supposed to do? Glorify God. Yeah. Praise and glorify God. Mm-hmm. So, as we're going through each dispensation, know that this is what God is trying to do. And so, when the dispensation fails, it's because man is trying to steal God's glory. <laughs> yeah. Every single one of them. That's what's going on here. There's a failure by man. Trying, and so, you know, hey, listen. Here, here's a great practical teaching of that. Be very careful today, stealing His glory. Mm-hmm. God will not share his glory with another. And I don't care what you think about us being Christians today and all that stuff. And you can say whatever you want. We're under grace and all that stuff. But I promise you this. God will not go against his word. And he will not be too happy with people who try to steal his glory. So we better make sure we understand (laughs) where we are in the aspect of of stealing his glory. And if our actions and the things that we're doing is doing that. Mm -hmm. Because we are prone to exactly do that because that's what Satan wants us to do. Yeah. And Satan will get into us and he will deceive us and he will blind our minds to do what? The glorious gospel. Isn't that what it says? The it glorious gospel? The minds against so, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. Glory. Yeah. It's all about his glory and that's what Satan's trying to do. And man, there are too many today that are Christian or would call themselves Christian that they don't realize that their actions and the things that they're doing is stealing God's glory. And man, I'm just telling you, there is going to be a price to pay. How about the judge? (laughs) All I can tell you is I watch in the Bible and I see the price that these people had to pay. And I'm just going to say the price is big. So not to get too far off track, but maybe maybe could you share uh, one or two things that for our listeners uh, that would be stealing God's glory? You know, and that may be kind of a a basic or fundamental thing, but maybe for some it's not. Like, like what would that look like? Preaching a false gospel mm. because the, 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 the real gospel is what brings people to Christ where he gets his glory. Okay. Okay. Uh, preaching a false gospel, uh, 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 a false church. And when I say, and I say that without a church that's not doing what it was called to do, fulfilling its purpose. Okay. And its purpose is to bring glory to God. Ephesians three twenty one. Yeah. If you're not bringing glory and how do you bring glory to God? There's only one way to do it. There is no other way. It is because it's always been about creating sons of God. Mm-hmm. That's how he gets his glory. Mm-hmm. So there is no other way. So if a church is not bent on winning people to Christ, building them up in their faith and setting up, if they're doing anything else, you're, 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 you've lost your purpose and you're stealing God's glory. Mm-hmm. You're making it about you now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so uh, that'd be another way. Um, okay. I mean, I got more, sure. <laughs> but yeah. there, no, that's, there's, there's two. Okay. That, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, maybe a third one, which I think would be reflective to, um, to, uh, what we're speaking about on Sundays right now in church, um, is, is, is not being holy, mm. not being holy steals God's glory. Uh, and I think we can go to Leviticus, uh, and, and, and prove that out quite easily. Hmm. Uh, what was the whole purpose of God wanting to dwell among his people? So he could get his glory. Good point. Sure. <laughs> okay. So, so a failure to understand the temple that's within us and how it is to properly function within us is stealing God's glory. Mm. And, and us not being holy steals God's glory. Why do you think all those New Testament writers spend so much time talking about it? Because it's that important. Mm. But I would be willing to bet you 99 out of 100 Christians you meet today wouldn't have a clue to really even understand the basics of what's going on in that that uh 
tabernacle, let alone the deep things that we uh, as Christians uh, are, are not just, eh, you know, if you get to it. No. Man, uh, Paul, Peter, John, uh, these guys just constantly keep hammering it home, and 90% of the time we're missing what they're saying because we don't understand the tabernacle. Understand the tabernacle, and you're going to see exactly what they're saying. And then you're going to start scratching your head and going, oh, my gosh, man, are we stealing God's glory. This is not good. Uh, anyways, okay, back to the point. The whole purpose then was to create sons of God. So what happened when... Adam uh, and, and, and Eve, and by the way, sons of God are created after God's image and likeness. Yeah. So what happened after Adam and Eve fell? Mm-hmm. That's very important. Under, it's very, yeah. very important to understand that. Mm-hmm. What happened after they fell? They lost God's image and God's likeness. Correct. What they now were creating were not sons of God. They were creating sons of Man, Adam. Man. After, Adam. after Adam's image, mm-hmm. after yeah. Genesis own 5, 3. image. And so from that point in time, all the way up to the second Adam coming, 1 Corinthians 15, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, right? there were no sons of God on this earth. Mm-hmm. But what was it that God was trying to do? He was trying to establish the system that needed to be set in place so that the problem could be fixed so that there could be sons of God on this earth again. Yeah. And so just to make sure that everyone's on the same page um, that, that's listening right now, uh, what Frank, you just said, um, that there were no sons of God on this earth after after Genesis chapter 5, where, where we, we see that Adam made sons in his own image. Uh, again, Luke 3.38, Adam was a son of God. Yes. Um, that, is, that is seen because um, nowhere in reference to man throughout the entire Old Testament um, do you see uh, where, where uh, the title son of God is given. Uh, it's, it's always uh, son of me, son, the son of men, the son of man, et cetera, et cetera. Never the Son of God. You see in Job chapter, I think it was 38, we were talking about earlier, uh, in verse 7 there, Mm -hmm. where uh, the title Son of God comes up, and other places too, but that's that's always in reference to uh, a spiritual being, an angelic realm being, if you will. Um, So that's a very important key. I want to make sure everyone understood what you said, because... um, that's why John chapter one verse twelve is so important. Yes, uh, when Christ comes and uh, to those who believe on Him and have received Him, to them gave He power to be called the sons of mm-hmm. God. So that's super fundamental, super important. And I would say, if you track that sons of God through the New Testament, where it leads to and what we ultimately end up get called, getting called as children of God. True, so true. those those terms start to become. Um, synonymous with each other not they're not the same term there is a fundamental difference but that's where it leads to um is us because what happens is we become we get inheritances as children we get adopted in interesting and when you get adopted in now you become a child of god mm. but but i would say this and again this isn't even we're we're, 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 we're a little off subject but we're really not though it, yeah. it may sound like we are but we're not right um but I would also say this is that that now what a child of God who gets adopted in gets is inheritances, gets promises. <laughs> what what dispensation? Back what dispensation are we in? We're in the dispensation okay. of promise. Now. So all of those promises that were given were given to this guy right here. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
And so this is why this is all fundamentally important to understand. If we're going to rightly divide the word, then we need to, we need to rightly divide the word. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, you, like we said before, you can call it whatever you want. You, you, if you don't want to call it a dispensation, don't call it. I don't care what you want to call. I don't care what you call it. Okay. God calls it dispensations. You call it what you want. I'm going to call it dispensation. That's what God called it, but you call it what you want. <laughs> but there is definitely a fundamental something going on where something's changing at different points in, in, especially, especially in these first 12 chapters, God is changing up what he's doing because there's a failure of man because Satan is trying to interject a new way of doing things. And God is saying, Whoa, Okay, so up to this point, God was going to use human government as his uh, 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 agency to govern man. They failed. So God had to come down and he scattered them. Mm -hmm. Now what God's getting ready to do is now he's going to use a man to formulate his plan. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. through that man is going to come a nation Mm -hmm. That is going, he's going to use to formulate his plan. But do you remember always what his plan was? His plan was always to send the Redeemer. Mm. It was always his plan to send his Redeemer so that his Redeemer could fix the problem so that sons of God could be on this earth again to give glory to God. Praise the Lord. That was always the plan. It never changed. But what changed was man just kept screwing up and God just kept having to switch the vehicle. Okay, try it this way. Now we'll do it this way. <laughs> right. Now we'll do it that way. <laughs> okay. And, and there's something we're gonna key get it done. <laughs> in this dispensation, because as you said that, it made me think back to Genesis three fifteen. That that's the prominent verse that foretells the coming of mm-hmm. Jesus the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And in this particular uh, covenant with Abraham, there's another it, it talks a lot about seed. Oh yeah. Right? Because this is where he's going to, like you said, establish that people group from which Jesus will come from. And so that's a big reason why this dispense or this uh, covenant is very, very important. So now you now you know why we just spent thirty five minutes talking about all <laughs> is that how we're, long it was? We're trying to set this up because <laughs> right. it's it's that important. You have very you have to. This is one of those covenants that um you know for me uh, listen, if, if you mess up the first stream, you get a little, a little off, you know, you still might be able to stay on track. Maybe <laughs> you mess this one up. You'll get off track real fast. Yeah, there's a lot of heresy that comes out yeah. of this. Not you mess this one yet. up. There's a lot of problems. All right. So with that being said, okay, so here's an interesting little thing. I want a nugget. I want to throw at you guys. What, what is the number of man in the Bible? Mm-hmm. The number of man is five, six, no. excuse me. Six. Six. Yeah. <laughs> and where would you go to, uh, to prove that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I, I think about the passage in Revelation. <clears throat> that's what I was ta- thinking. Where he talks about um, uh, chapter 13, I think it is. Verse 18. Yep. <laughs> Verse 18, yeah. But you Thank pulled you that one out that. of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it, but I didn't. <laughs> the benefit of not being able to be seen right now. <laughs> Thanks for that note. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, where his number is a uh, three-score... Uh, 60 and 6. Okay. So the number of man is 6. Yeah. And 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 listen, if you're and si- other places I am yeah, sure. if you're listening uh, if you're listening right now and you're going, "Ah, you know, that might be a, That's a stretch." Reach, yeah. well, okay. What, what what day was man yeah, created yeah, on? Day 6. Right. Who's created on day 6? Yeah. I, I mean, the number of man is 6. Okay. We, we you go through the Bible. And what's interesting is when God's trying to show us how we do things on our own, he always does it in sixes. When God's trying to show us what the perfection is and how things are to be done his way, we, he does or it seven. in sevens. Go 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 start that's cool. Go start looking at, you know, some of the epistles that some of these guys wrote and watch. Mm. He always, he always, they're always lining things up in six and sevens. And you got to ask, 
what's going on here? Oh, it's because it's a design. Well, it's even more to that. Abraham here, there's there's seven well, that's promises. What, well, that's, right? what I'm that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. But there's six. There's six that leads to a seven. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so this is what I want you to understand. So watch. So let's look at this passage real quick. And and let's start to, to, to number them. Right? He says, I'm going to make you a great nation. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm going to bless thee and make thy name great. So he, he tells Abraham in this covenant, and by the way, uh, Chris, you mentioned it, right? This is an I will statement. Mm. So yep. remind us, Chris, what does I will mean in the Bible? That's what makes it covenant? unconditional. Okay, so it's says, unconditional. God says, I'm going to do it, and it's going to happen. Right. And we're going to show you how this was most assuredly an unconditional covenant in Genesis 15. Let's get there. Mm-hmm. Okay, but right now, uh, uh, he, he's making these statements. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless thee that bless thee. I'm going to curse them that curse thee. In all the families of the earth, you're going to be blessed. And unto thy seed, I will give this land. How many is that? That's six. That's six. So he makes six promises to a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. 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 So, um, um, how, how how is this all going to ultimately be fulfilled? Where is God's seventh in this? Where was it that he was trying to get them to? The land. Mm-hmm. There's the seventh. The fulfillment of it all is when you get into the land of milk and honey and you're doing what it is I've called you to do because that's where sons of God are going to be created. Okay. Spiritually, and physically. physically, yeah. Okay, so know where he's trying to get them to, mm-hmm. and so what happens, man? Start, start, start tracking what's going on here. What does God do with Israel? You know, the the Exodus story is an unbelievable story. I don't want to jump ahead, but the Exodus story is an unbelievable story because although it is showing a physical, uh, uh, historical uh, 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 accounting of what took place. With Israel during that time, the similitudes that, that that story is teaching has such application to the church today, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, it is an unbelievable deal. It really is. And we'll probably talk about that mm-hmm. when we get to uh, the next covenant. But I, I don't want to miss the point of, of, of what the reality of this covenant, the fulfillment is, it's not that I promised you the land. Mm. That's not the fulfillment. All right. The fulfillment is you're in the land. You're not walking in the wilderness. That's not where the promise is fulfilled. The promise is fulfilled when you're in the land. Then you're going to start to reap all of these things. We need to understand that. Okay. It, it really is that important. Okay, so... Um, so he promises uh, that Abraham is going to have uh, these physical promises. So, so let's let's take a look at this from a historical application for a second. Mm-hmm. Okay, was Abraham a great nation? Well, okay. So what happens? Uh, hey, Abraham in, in Genesis fourteen, uh, Moses is inspired to call him a Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, and and you might grab that there's a book in the new testament called hebrews Mm. okay so what is a hebrew well a hebrew was a name given to a jew 
Right. Okay. And so ultimately what ends up happening is, is Abraham a Jew? No. He's the father of the Jews. Important to understand that. That's a very important distinction. Yeah. Who's Abraham? Where does this covenant pass to? To his son, Isaac. To Isaac. And then from Isaac, who does this covenant pass to? To Jacob. Jacob. To Jacob. And yeah. Jacob, of course, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, in Genesis 28, name gets changed to Israel. 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 Okay? Okay. Uh, so this covenant, from a physical standpoint, and the reason why we know it's physical is because we see it passing down, and we see yeah. Israel was supposed to physically go take that land. Right. So that's how we know this is physical. There's, right. there's you know, we're not, we're not saying right. that with any uh, uh, guesswork here. That's exactly what was going on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so it was Israel that these promises physically were made to. Yes. Okay. All right. So we see that, and he says in the. Um, uh, I will make thee a great nation. Certainly he did. Abraham uh, has uh, uh, been made a great nation, uh, no doubt about that, through Israel. And, and by the way, uh, uh, well, let's not go there. He goes, and I will bless thee, make thy name great. And so certainly, uh, you know, all, listen, all the religions of the, of the, of the world mm. Uh, you know, uh, let me say that again. Most of the religions in the world, the three most prominent yeah. religions in the world, right. uh, will identify Abraham as a uh, very prominent figure mm -hmm. in their religion. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so certainly uh, his name's been made, made, made great, right? Yeah. Um, and he says, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. So so again, he, here's here's the uh, practical application there. Be careful what you do with that nation Israel. Be very, very careful. And, and I say that in twofold. Number one, be careful what you do with it physically. And in other words, that land was given to Jacob. That's where it passed down to. Yeah. Be careful cursing Israel for the wanting of the land that was given to them. Mm. And by the way, to this date, this is very important to make sure we, we grab this. To this date, mm -hmm. Israel has never right. had all the land That's right. that was promised to them. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? God's a liar? No. That means sometime here in the very near future, It'll be <laughs> they're going to get that land. So be careful how you approach Israel. Call them what you want. Do what you want. Say what you want. Just be careful. Don't curse Israel. Because Israel is God's chosen servant, mm -hmm. and, and, and he has never forgotten that, and he never will. He made I will promises to them that were, Chris? Mm -hmm. Unconditional. They were yeah. unconditional. He is going to fill the, fulfill them. So, so important you, that Paul even carves out three chapters in Romans yes. to make sure that the New Testament church understands this. Yes. Uh, so, mm -hmm. so, so there's the physical application. Okay. But now be careful of the, of the spiritual application. Yeah. Don't steal Israel's spiritual promises either. Okay. Church, stop saying that we have replaced Israel. That is a very, very big no-no. Uh, matter of fact, to the point where Jesus not only says it once, but twice. That if you claim that you are uh, 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 Jews, uh, Jews and you're not, and you're not uh, Jesus says, you're the synagogue of Satan. See, see, whenever God's moving, 
Satan's always countering. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so he has convinced a whole lot of people today that the church has replaced Israel. Mm-hmm. No, it has not. You couldn't show me one verse in the Bible that would even come close to teaching that without taking it out of context and putting in presupposed thoughts to sure. get you there. And so if I could just interject here, that's big. Like this thing of covenant theology, replacement theology, or I call it ideology because there's nothing theological about it, is a huge proponent as it pertains to this particular covenant because of everything that Pastor Frank was just talking about. We have to understand the physical versus the spiritual and that the promise that God made with this, with Abraham and his seed Israel through Abraham is that he is going to give this physical land, the physical promises to that people group Israel. And like you were saying, and you, you, you went by it so quickly, I just don't want anybody to miss it, is there are three people groups, three religions, if you will, in the, in the, in the world today that all have uh, ties to Abraham, and that is the Jews, the, the Christians, the church, and uh, the Muslims. And so you're talking about this thing of the land, you're talking about this thing of the, the promise. What is it that's been contested over more than anything throughout all of history in the world is that particular piece of land. Mm. You've seen it all through history. We talked about understanding truth of what how history really works through the right perspective of, of God, and you've seen it with, like, the I'm sorry, but I, the Catholic Church believes in who, replacement theology, and they who, tried to take who, the land the way, from Israel. call themselves yeah. Christians. Mm-hmm. They call themselves that, yeah. But in, in the Muslims as well, they've me, tried to take it. Let's, they say, did let's, take say, it. let's say this right. Let's say this right, because I don't want anybody who may be of the Roman Catholic faith yeah. who might be listening right now think that we're what I, what what we're saying here is is that doctrine right. the, the doctrines of the church mm-hmm. make this claim right. So just you know know that. Okay, now I don't know if you make this claim or not, but I'm just telling you the doctrines of the church make the claim mm. that, and that was what that was the reason for all of the crusades. The crusades, yeah. Hence the reason why you need to know your church and history, so you, man. You have to understand that that when he passed this promise down through Abraham, it was through Isaac, and we can see that in the scriptures because of Genesis 17. Uh, there's many scriptures where he says that it passed down to yeah. Isaac, not his firstborn Ishmael, which is where the, content, the contention comes in because Ishmael, the people that come from Ishmael are the Arab nations, the, the Muslim nations, and that's why they've been so contested. They say, well, the birthright should have been Ishmael's because he was the firstborn, but he was the firstborn to the bondmaid, not to Sarah or Sarai, Abram's wife. So it's the it's the free woman, right? Sarah was his actual wife and the child she had that was the child of promise, Isaac, which God promised. And so that's why it passed down to him. And biblically, that is 100% without any refutation whatsoever. We know that. And so that's why we need to make sure we understand what everything pastor's talking about, how it uh, comes out biblically, and that that is where it comes down through. It comes down through Isaac, who was the, the, the promised son, to Sarah by God, and that that was why the promise can, went through him, then uh, to Jacob, then to Jacob's 12, becomes Israel, his 12 sons become the 12 tribes, and one of those tribes is Judah, and Judah is the tribe that Jesus comes from, and so we're talking about the lineage of Jesus, the Messiah that's going to come, right? Genesis 3.15. This is where it all get, comes together in this covenant through Abraham, who was a Gentile. He was called and he answered the call, and you can go to Hebrews 11, uh, that hall of faith where he tells us that by faith Abraham answered that call and left his land. And so we, we have to understand, and I guess maybe I'm just trying to fill in the blanks a little bit to everything that you mm-hmm. said in the big picture so that people can understand how it actually uh, works out as to how this promise uh, you know, unfolds and who it really, the right really belongs to. Mm. Amen. So if you go to um, Genesis 15. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
Robert, why don't you go ahead and read for us the first uh, six verses? Yeah. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. He believed the Lord, and he was saved. Mm. That what it says? <laughs> That's not what I just read. <laughs> That's not what it says, no. So, okay, so in this passage, what we're learning is, is that God uh, is, you know, Abraham's concerned, his wife's barren, he knows he's he knows he's supposed to have a, a seed. He knows that he's been prom- made all these physical promises. He's a little worried. Sure, you know what's going on here. God says, "Listen, your your, your servant's not going to be your heir. I'm going to give you an heir, mm-hmm. right?" And and when you drop down, uh, and for the sake of time, we don't necessarily need to read it all. But when you drop down here in the later par- por- portions of this uh, passage, uh, what you're going to see is that. Uh, uh, God, so they did this uh, in, in, during Abraham's time when they made a covenant. What they would do is they would take an animal mm-hmm. and they would chop it in two and they put the two pieces on the ground and then both people making the covenant would do a circular eight around it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that would um, ratify the covenant. Um, number one, it was a shedding of blood, which is interesting, but that's mm-hmm. beside the point. Anyways, um, what happens in this particular passage, if you read uh, verses uh, probably, what, 10 through uh, maybe 17, yeah, um, you're going to see that what happens is God puts Abraham to sleep. Correct. He falls into a deep sleep, and then Abra- or God himself right. passes mm-hmm. right. through. So what is, he ma- what is he saying? This covenant is going to be mm-hmm. uh, done regardless yeah. uh, of what you do. Uh, this is going to um, uh, be fulfilled. And then, of course, and when, when we said earlier... Uh, you know that that Israel has not enjoyed all of what was promised to them. This is where I'm saying that because look what it says there in verse uh, number 18. Mm-hmm. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, "Unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river of Egypt, that would be the Nile River, mm-hmm. unto the great river, the river Euphrates, that would be in Iraq." Uh, so please, someone tell me, when has Israel had all of that land? Never. Never. Never in Solomon's greatest portions of his kingdom did he ever have all that land. Mm. So, listen, either God done messed up. (laughs) Or forgot. Or (laughs) made an oopsie. uh, Or... Uh, this is yet going it's, to be fulfilled in the future, coming, yeah. which which is a great indicator to us that God's not done with Israel. Mm. Uh, you know, um, no, yeah. He's not going to give that land to the church. Sorry, Augustine, in your great book, The City of God, that led to the Crusades. Mm. No, sorry, uh, that land was given to uh, Abraham, uh, yeah. and which we're going to see here in a minute. Uh, that you all right there with your eye? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What we're going to see here in a minute, God is going to pass down uh, to 
uh, uh, Isaac. And so check, take a look now. Um, let's jump to 17. Okay. So what happens in the meantime, uh, in verse uh, chapter 16, just to kind of get our story straight, um, Sarai goes to Abraham, says, hey, I'm barren. You know, you need, you need to have a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and take my Egyptian mm-hmm. It's very important to the story because what is the the, 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 the the nation of Egypt represent in the Bible? Yeah. He goes, take my Egyptian handmaid and why don't you go lay with her and she'll give you an heir. Mm-hmm. And so he li- I, I love how the, how the Bible says it. He listened to the voice of his wife. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, where are you going to go with this one? <laughs> well, no. He, what voice wasn't he listening? God's. He should have been listening to God's sure. voice. And, and, and again, uh, we need to be careful who we lend our ears to. Mm. Not to say that Sarai was a bad person. Right. Okay, I'm not saying that at all. But, hey, even our family members mm. can come in between our relationship with God, which mm. Sarai certainly did here, and, and caused Abraham to uh, fornicate with the world. Mm. That's what he did. Mm. Uh, man, there's it's a very strong application. Spiritual lessons here we, yeah. could, we could get into, but obviously that's not the scope of what we're trying to do. Mm. But what happens is he, 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 he lays with uh, Hagar, and he has a son, and that son's name is Ishmael. Mm-hmm. Well, you get to 17 now. And what happens in 17 uh, is, is God is going to come to, 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 uh, to Abraham. And by the way, God is silent to Abraham for 13 years after this. Yeah, right. Do take note of that. God doesn't say a word to Abraham for 13 years. I would say Abraham was walking in a wilderness for a little while. Mm, God was holding him accountable for the mistake he made, and he certainly did. Uh, and so finally, 13 years later, God now comes to Abraham, um, and, and you know you just look when he, when Abraham had the son with uh, I, uh, uh, Ishmael, he was eighty six. It tells us, and when Abraham was ninety nine, uh, ninety years old and nine. So that's where I'm getting that thirteen years mm-hmm. from eighty six. Okay, and, and the he says, "I'm the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect." He's reminding them, "You made an imperfect mistake." Be perfect, mm-hmm. okay? And he says, I will make my covenant between thee and multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face. Uh, I, I would say Abraham was now in a motion of worshiping here, okay? He's, he's offering up his, mm-hmm. his worship to God. And he, he reminds them that he's going to make him a father of many nations. He, he no longer calls him Abraham. He insu- I would love to, to explain to you what it means to institute mm-hmm. and, and those letters that yeah. God added in there, yeah. but we ain't got the time for that. That's really cool, though. Uh, it is cool. But now he calls him Abraham, uh, which means uh, what literally means a father of many nations. He, he says, I'm going to make uh, 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 a, 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 uh, I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. And now he adds something here. He says, not only am I going to make nations out of thee, but I'm going to bring kings mm-hmm. out of thee. Uh, and certainly he did that through first Kings, second Kings and all that stuff. And, and ultimately the King is going to come out of him. Uh, do note that. Amen. Amen. Okay. And he says, I'll establish my covenant uh, with thee and thy seed after thee. And now notice what he says here for a, Everlasting. Everlasting covenant. Okay. And he says, And I will give unto thee and thy seed the land where thou art a stranger, 
And now he's specifying what that land's called, Canaan, uh, for an everlasting possession, uh, and, 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 and so forth. And then he goes on to tell us that this covenant is uh, not going to be made with Ishmael, but made with who? Isaac. 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 He's going to make it with Isaac. Um, where, where it's in this, uh, yeah, verse uh, number 20. Uh, he goes, uh, well, verse 19. And God said, Sarai, or Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant uh, and his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I heard thee. Behold, I will bless him and make him exceedingly great and all those good things. But my covenant, he says, is going to be established with Isaac. So what we see here, and let's kind of wrap up this episode, where we are kind of now is we see that God has made this very important covenant with Abraham where uh, uh, he has promised him some very specific things, okay? And within those specific things, as we're going to start to unfold as we move forward, we're going to see that there are physical promises that are made and there are spiritual promises that are made. Mm -hmm. And being able to recognize the difference between the two is going to help us unfold this properly, biblically, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, Let's end it with this. Simply said, God makes a covenant with Abraham where he makes this promise that he's going to be a great nation. Through him, all the nations are going to be blessed. Through his seed, all the nations are going to be blessed. Very important uh, how he says that. And that uh, this covenant uh, was also going to promise them a land where they were to take so that they could go do what it was God wanted them to do in that land. Okay, and uh, there's a very specific reason why he wanted them in that land. Uh, by the way, the Garden of Eden was in that land, just just so we're uh, uh, clear on that, um, where sons of God were originally. Um, I'm sure that has nothing, no coincidence at all to any of that story. Uh, but 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 this 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 covenant is passed down to Isaac, and that's kind of where we are right now. We'll pick it up next time, and we're going to see uh, next time that this covenant now is going to get passed on to, as as you have said, Chris, Jacob. Uh, and we're yeah. going to start to unfold what happens there, and then we can maybe start to look at it, um, what the ramifications are of that uh, maybe next time. Uh, and then sure. hopefully maybe, like I said, we, we, like we said, this is probably going to be at least three episodes. I think then maybe the following episode, we can start looking at the spiritual ramifications of what's going on here. Yeah. And so I know we spent a lot of time there unpacking the, uh, or excuse me, laying the foundation. So I hope you're seeing now, um, if not, you will, uh, by next episode, I, I firmly believe that, but, um, hopefully you're seeing why that was important, uh, that we understand the backstory, so to speak, get that foundation, because if not, then, um, you know, we see what's going on in the church today with not having that uh, foundation and that understanding. So uh, please uh, do make a point to uh, join us next week here at The Revealing, where we will continue this conversation. Uh, But until then, uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world or email us info at onebaptistjacks.world.